This is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Question time on the sounding board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. And it's question time with a difference. We have entered or re-entered the world, Hutchie, of... Clubhouse. So if you've got a Clubhouse account, you'll be listening to us right now. Uh, we can You can join the conversation. Simply raise your hand in the room. And if you've got a question, we'll take your question. We're recording this live on Monday afternoons at 10 to 5. So... Uh, we might get a question or two. Uh, we just bobbed up a little bit unexpectedly, so we'll see how we go. Byron's already there waiting to ask a question, but kick us off with your first question, Damo. Okay, this is from Ryan Lewis on Twitter, and I can see a couple of people starting to come through there, Hutchie, on your device. Ryan Lewis on Twitter. Hutchie, I saw you roaming around Optus Stadium in Perth on Friday night. Does this mean that you're planning to introduce real-time commentary at that stadium too? Yes, we are. So that's one of the next venues to go for us. So SCN Stadium has been off to a, a terrific start. I think the average... Consumer listening to about 80 minutes a game when they're at the venue. So it's a really uh, powerful start. And we believe that that will be the next stadium to go. It'll be inside a fortnight, just working through some of the finer details of the venue. And ultimately, we'd like to roll this out across most venues around the country, but we'll have to wait and see as to each venue's tech and scope. Just as you set up some of those uh, people that are now uh, logging on to our little chat here on Clubhouse Hutchie, as we do questions of the week for Drinkwise, Ewing on Twitter, why does Channel 7 always leave the coaches' press conferences and cut back to the hosts? Ewing, I'll jump in there. Pretty much because a lot of those press conferences are among the most boring media you will ever see, and while you're um, watching it on live TV on Friday nights, uh, they do, it's fair to say, tail off. There's another question about press conferences. It's from Scott Marston on Twitter. It's directed at you. He watched the Carlton post-game press conference. No hard questions at all after that dismal performance. And he wants to know why you, Hutchie, can't ask Kane Corns to attend those to get some real answers to real questions. I can, I can answer that for you because I've said this repeatedly on the sounding board over the journey. Why would you send someone along to ask your hard questions and give away your content for free yep. to everybody else to do it? If you wanted... Kane Corns to ask the coach some questions. You'd invite the coach onto his program and you would do it there rather than give everyone else the benefit of the answers. As a knock-on effect to that, too many people like me have that view and so a more, we'll say, a less established journalist is normally the ones attending the press conference, which means you don't get the harder questions because they don't have the relationships with the, the coaches. Yep. Grant M on Twitter, what are your thoughts, guys, on the fake Fairy bread being cancelled story being picked up by certain media. He's referred to the Murdoch media here, as well as them keeping it up on all of their sites and social media feeds long after it had been established as a chaser prank. I'm not totally across that particular story. I've, I've seen references to it. I haven't delved deep into it. Um, it. It was a chaser stunt, which was picked up broadly by everyone and was designed to show how much we do follow the leader in media. And it succeeded, unfortunately, Damo. It really? was spot on. There yep. you go. The uh, We did refer to another follow the leader issue with the uh, the, the twerking um, dance routine at the um, launch of uh, a major government contract last week. That's been discussed on the, the main body of the sounding board. Really keen to hear your thoughts, asks Corey on Twitter. Of the breakaway European Super League announced. It's almost Hutchy esque. I thought that too. Look, I'm not a soccer person, Hutchie. I've said that many times. I've tried to like soccer over the journey, but I just can't. But the European clubs are attempting to lock in, in inverted commas, a Champions League, so to speak, without, was... the, without the unknown of ladder placement per season. 
It was seismic, wasn't it, in its nature, the announcement today. I've only just been reading as we've get, got ready to come to air, and I've been looking forward to hearing Simon Hill talk about it on our show, The Global Game, on 1170 SE in Sydney tomorrow night. He's done the rounds a little bit with us today. In simple terms, the big dogs clubs, 12 of them, are leaving. They've left room for three more to join them, and it absolutely fractures the, the UEFA set up. The UEFA have issued all sorts of threats alongside the Premier League, and it very much looks like it's going to be a... Who blinks first move here? Billions of dollars at stake. Mm. Was it a shop front for a better deal in, in the UEFA? Oh, yeah. Versus generally they're all leaving. We'll wait and see. Um, they, they're saying that they're a genuine breakaway. There's 15 of them that left room for three permanents. And it's all about money, clearly. And so we'll see where it lands, Damon. But it's going to be uh, – get your popcorn ready. It's going to be one of the great sport media wars. It is billions of dollars at stake. Darren McCormick on Twitter, he observes, Darren, that AFL players are appearing in a lot more commercials. Are they making up lost income from 2020 or is the AFL mandating appearances for AFL major partners? It's it's a good point. Um, there's a really good ad going on with uh, Bont, isn't it? Bont and Cochin. Yep. Marcus Bont and Pelly, Trent Cochin. Used in the Amy ad. Amy ad, yeah. yeah. Can I have a stab at this? Go for it. I, I think this is a great question, by the way. Who asked the question? Darren McCormick. On Twitter. So, Darren, I think two things are happening. One, players are more open to doing things to supplement their lost income. Two, I reckon the AFL is waving through a few more things that it might have otherwise blocked. I reckon the line ball calls are getting through and the compliance and the salary cap and some of these things that, ah. yeah, I reckon they're, you know, when they're being waved away, it was a 50 50 call. I reckon, they're, I reckon they're getting through. So, yep. There you go. Cam Baxter from Active International on email. Hutchie, do you think Elbow is doing a reverse, taking out the trash? He seems to get out in front of the cameras to complain or suggest something only for the government to announce something within the next 24 hours. Doing an Elbow. Most recently, it was the women's panel, but before that, it was the extension of JobKeeper. And I think for memory, there was an announcement around TAFE or apprenticeships. By the way, Hutchie, I just completed a deal with Brian and hoping to do more. That obviously means something to you, not me, Hutchie. Yeah, <laughs> he's from Active International. Cam oh, Baxter. Oh, there you go. Uh, good on you, Cam. Yeah, I would think. <laughs> is he doing that? He might be. I, I can now that he's raised that Cam a few times. I, I can I can see what he's referring to there. I would think the challenge for Elbow clearly in the next period of time is to not be too vocal and to allow nature take its course. There will be a time to actually go on the attack. I'm not sure it's right now. Sean Snowden on Facebook. Could the next set of TV rights in both codes be divided up four ways with each free-to-air network um, getting a slice as well as the ABC? Sean, I don't don't see all four uh, networks, the three-to-airs mainly, anyway, you're referring to, and and the ABC getting it. But I, I can see, in an AFL sense, the possibility of of uh, a Channel 9 or Channel 10 uh, coming in to get and, and potentially snap up a, a Thursday night offering of, of matches. That would be my take on the AFL rights anyway when they're up for renewal after the 2024 season. I, I just feel Thursday nights are going to be the, the big play when it comes to creating some form of new content to be sold to the broadcasters. Byron, Byron Frost has his hand up in the room. Hey, Byron. I was watching last week Channel 7 release their Olympic coverage details and including that they'll send mostly news uh, personnel over here to Tokyo. Just wondering if SEN has its plans ready to announce soon for its Olympics coverage. Thanks for joining us from uh, Tokyo in the in the clubhouse room, Byron. Uh, we'll be taking Channel 7 commentators from the play-by-play. That makes the most strategic sense for us and we'll be 
working through and announcing our own talent around that in the coming weeks. Jared Whateley will front our coverage, albeit based in Australia, and we'll have some uh, people on the ground in Tokyo. But thank you very much for your question, Byron, from Tokyo, and uh, appreciate your interest. It's going to be massive, the Olympics, Damo. I think everyone's got their head around now that it's on. And, uh, yeah, I'm still dubious about it actually being on, but everyone seems committed to it being the case. The Olympics is going ahead. Don't worry about that. Do you want to try another one there, Hutchie? Yeah, we've got some raised hands in the, in the room we'll get to in a moment. So we've got a question in our in our clubhouse room at the moment. Simply hit the raised hands button and you can fire away and ask a question as we go. And while we wait for that to be the case, Hutchie, do you want me to go back to the, yeah, the yes. normal form? Yes, please don't. Okay. Simon Evans, and this is a, a theme through today's questions being asked of us. Stephen Ballinger also, and there are others asking questions about Jonathan Patton. Um, I'll just go to one of them, Hutchie, and they're similar in theme. It's, it's more to Stephen Ballinger's point on Facebook. Was the Jonathan Patton retirement a classic taking out the trash story, given that he was released very late on Friday afternoon? If yes, was this a club or player-driven or manager directive to leak the story at that stage? Stephen, I've had that put to me a few times um, prior to you now raising it in this uh, in this forum, and it got me thinking, and I'm starting to think. Starting to think, yeah, it was. I mean, th- this could have been a finding that could have been released at any given point in time. That it did happen, um, and it was. You're quite right. Late on a Friday afternoon, about six o'clock or thereabouts, give or take a, an hour or two. That being the, the the main AFL slot, obviously, then a weekend full of matches to follow. It's a very serious topic. It was, uh, in terms of a media presentation, a story that was neatly wrapped up. Jonathan Patton retires, not required to answer the AFL investigation into his very, very ordinary behaviour when it came to uh, distribution of content on on mobile devices to, to women. And as such, it just went away there was very, a, very neatly. One of the criticisms I read on social was that it was uh, a taking out the trash attempt to not give it the coverage that it otherwise would have got, and that was the wrong decision. What's your view on that? Yeah, I, I'm, I, I am of the view, I believe, of Stephen, who's asked the question, Simon, who's also posed the question about Patton, that, that that was why it was done in that time frame for that very reason, that it just got completely lost. I mean, if it was uh, released on a Tuesday at, at midday, it, it would have half a day of uh, serious media scrutiny around it, not least of all the fact that there was a settlement attached to his retirement from football. He was contracted till the end of 2022, but um, he's not required to face up to the AFL investigation that was launched into it. And there was many, many calls as I go through the subsequent sheets here of questions relating to, to that. This is from Ben Curcio on email, Hutchie. How do cricket commentators determine what hours and minutes they work during the summer? Certain commentators come on for only a couple of minutes, then off air again, especially on SEN. I think, Ben, the standard shift for a cricket commentator historically has been five to six overs um, for radio, I think, and maybe a little bit longer for television. It depends on the other commitments of the commentator. So in our instance, yes, we had varying shifts because we were looking to coexist with talent and you throw COVID over the top of it, it makes it all the more complicated. For instance, Channel 7 and their logistics, and we share a couple of commentators with seven. There are others who work for you the whole time. And the other complication we had, Ben, was we ran two cricket coverages over the summer. We ran one for Melbourne and one for Sydney, and they were different sets of commentators. So it depends. It absolutely depends. One one question to finish with, Damo, or are we yeah, done? What one to go with, uh, Hutchie. Uh, this is from Ollie Reese on Facebook. Given the recent lack of spin city, who's the best spinner you've ever seen? Be interested in your view, Damo. I think Eddie at his peak was as good as I've seen. I don't like mentioning a certain person's name on this show, Hutchie, and I think you know who it is. He used to coach in the AFL system. Grant Thomas was very good. Well, he tried to spin. 
think there's another one at the moment, and I quite like him as a bloke, but David Teague at the moment, Hutchie, it's um, Carlton coach. He's spinning a lot because the results don't allow him to talk to the the product. Yeah, spinning's not a bad thing. You can talk with optimism and positivity about your team or organisation, and the cynics would call it spin. But I think when Eddie Hutchie, would... you're the one who started Spin City. When Eddie was at his zenith as a president of Collingwood in the early days of building... Yep. Not only was he a great spinner, but he was incredibly infectious in his enthusiasm and were, positivity. Were we more gullible as a media group back then? No, I thought and, he, and not as questioning. I thought he did unbelievable things in the. Oh, I'm not point. saying he didn't. Yep. I'm just saying we, we probably didn't uh, yep. scrutinise what he may have been saying at that point in time. Yep. Thanks to everyone who joined our chat room. There's a good circle of friends here and a few faces and names we recognise well. Uh, this has been the sounding board question time on Clubhouse, uh, as we continue to experiment, don't we, for drink wise? If you're choosing to have a drink. Be sure to drink wise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board Podcast with Hutchie and Damo for Drinkwise. Make sure you find us on Facebook and Twitter at Sounding Board EP. Hit the sign up button on Facebook to receive our weekly email and subscribe to, rate, and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts.